0: Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Pouchet, COO of Klogics. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice on the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we're joined by Dwayne Steinway, CISO of Odyssey Inc., a multi-platform audio content and entertainment company. In this episode, we will be discussing artificial intelligence and machine learning and how they're impacting security programs. Dwayne, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here.
0: So Dwayne, before we get into the topic at hand, uh, just a little background on yourself. You've been at Odyssey now for about two years, um, and I'm curious uh, on your thoughts on what Made Audacity make the jump to hire their first uh, bona fide security leader, as in you, as as their CISO, and and sort of from there, what were your priorities when you first started? So, sort of a two-parted question.
1: So, the so the answer to your question, uh, put simply, security was decentralized. You know, Odyssey, you know, is an extremely interesting and diverse technology company. We operate over 230 radio stations across 48 U.S. markets. We have several very large and rapidly evolving digital and multiple uh, and mobile environments. We have two amazing podcast production teams and a sports betting platform. And and for my seat uh, as CISO, what I really see is an amazing and diverse technology company with a ton of very smart people Um, and it takes a lot of moving parts to connect all of these various tech stacks. Uh, But unfortunately without a unified security program, just like with any organization with this much tech, we links can develop and threat actors nowadays, especially really know how to exploit those, those situations. Um, yeah, so then that, that was the situation that the, uh, the management team here at Odyssey set out to address when they created my position in my role. Um, and my first priority when I joined the organization was A, to get everyone sort of on the same page from a security program um, and mission perspective. Uh, and we set out very quickly to identify opportunities to connect all of these different platforms and solutions under a single, you know, threat monitoring and threat detection, uh, you know, program. So we're collecting information from every corner of the environment. We're we're introducing it to into a, a central place where we can analyze it, uh, identify threats and anomalous behavior, and and respond to it the way security programs should. We way sec teams should, you know, and intervening if there's a threat, or you know, solving problems as we see them develop. So that was my first priority joining the organization.
0: So awesome. Okay, well, thanks for the background and congratulations on uh, uh, on your run there. So, artificial intelligence and machine learning. We've conducted uh, hundreds of interviews with different CISOs over the years. You know, I remember specifically being out at RSA. This was right as the pandemic was starting, right beforehand, two years ago, and AI was was one of the biggest buzzwords that uh, people kept. Uh, coming in and telling us was was sort of trending information coming out of RSA. But people didn't really have quite an understanding. Was this marketing? Was this hype? Or was this truly built into the technology as an advantage? So from your perspective, can you sort of start out by defining AI and machine learning as it relates to cybersecurity?
1: That is such a, Fantastic question, and I wish there was a solid, simple answer, but Mm -hmm. I think the way I approach it, if I, when I think of AI, you know, outside Mm -hmm. of security, broadly speaking, I think of bots, and that's just kind of where I come from, you -hmm. know, as being a security professional and and looking out across different organizations and the way they're trying to apply AI, what I typically see develop out of those initiatives are bots, uh, where you take a traditionally manual process that requires some form of you know, qualitative analysis or human input, and, and you try to automate that process with software that produces the same result, maybe, or maybe a better result,
0: but mm-hmm. generally
1: the same. And maybe you do this without fundamentally changing the process itself. You know, you're basically swapping actors to, to either create a, you know, a, a, a product that, you know, is business enabling or business advancing, right? Um, security teams don't typically operate, in my view, the same way a normal business unit would. Right. You know, we don't necessarily produce products. What we do is provide generally services and organizations that follow standards like NIST or ISO, you know, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's a laundry list of things that security teams have to do, you know, for an organization as a service, like uh, change management, configuration management, ensuring those programs are in place, you know, threat management, risk and so on. Um, So but there isn't really in that mix a real product that is business advancing with one exception, in my view. Mm -hmm. Um, All security programs, and this is what we've been doing since the beginning, since information security was called information security, you know, we've been producing countermeasures, right? Um, This this concept started the first time, the first firewall was implemented, and they're blocking, you know, malicious traffic or unwanted traffic from entering an environment. It's a countermeasure, you know, you know, when you apply a rule that prevents a phishing message from, you know, entering someone's inbox, right? These countermeasures are, you know, the things that the products that we produce for our organization to, you know, protect the organization or reduce risk. Um, and the countermeasure is basically something that you apply to to limit a threat. Um, unfortunately, threats has become a really broad spectrum. Right? There's the easy stuff, low-hanging fruit that we've been that we're accustomed to dealing with every day, and we do it tens of thousands of times a day, you know, and in, in malware and such. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, these threats are quite evolved and they're getting more and more sophisticated and exotic. And now a threat could be a piece of malware or it could be an external actor who has a privileged credential in your environment and he or she is moving throughout your environment with malicious intent, but doing it in a way that looks almost indistinguishable from an administrator of yours, right? Those threats are the things that are existential now to organizations. And those are the things that are causing the most harm to organizations. And I think that's where AI is really, um, starting to be applied or should be applied and identifying those those exotic threats and dealing with them with countermeasures the same way we do for the basic stuff that we've been blocking, you know, since. The-
0: so it's your belief that overall AI is having a positive impact on people in cybersecurity as countermeasures.
1: Correct. It is uh, to an extent, and that's, I think it's only going to get better over time as, as we become more accustomed to using it and applying it in the right way.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Alternatively, aren't sort of the bad actors, the adversaries, aren't they using AI for malintent?
1: So absolutely, data collection right now is, I think, the name of the game for adversaries. They're collecting as much open source information as they can to profile potential victims, organizations that they can, uh, that they can uh, compromise, right? And they're using analytics just the way we would. To you know, for our own business purposes, to identify potential, you know, potential targets for their activities, right? And they're getting more and more sophisticated in doing it. And you know, you have to assume that these threat actors know your internal processes or what you might do as an IT organization as well as you do, because most of them maybe have some experience doing that themselves in professional life. So they they know what to look for in organizations. I think that's why we see threat actors when they do enter an environment. They gain access to internal infrastructure, they, why they move so quickly, because they know right. your process is about as well as you do.
0: So when it comes to different spaces, different programs within cybersecurity, um, what programs or areas do you think benefit from the most utilizing AI or machine learning? could be a program, could be a space like at the endpoint or insider threat, what space is benefiting the most from these technologies?
1: Right. So the good news is most of our tools, if we're, if we're purchasing modern security products, endpoint mm-hmm. protection products or SIM tools, these already come pre-packaged with machine learning capabilities. They're already there and in, mm-hmm. and in, and in the market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that, Security teams need to be committed to enabling those features and using these tools to the to to the fullest extent possible. Right? You don't want to leave anything on the table uh, if you purchase an endpoint, especially endpoint protection tool. You don't want to leave anything on the table from a you know per, you know blocking a, a, and policy enforcement perspective. Um, so that requires that security teams, when they pick up these tools, either they go they go read the manual, make sure they mm-hmm. understand what that tool is capable of doing, and they turn it on or they reach out to their TAM or support teams, uh, make sure that they understand the tools capabilities and they're they're, they're fully utilizing it. Um, But the good news is that it's out there. These tools do this work um, uh, for us already. Uh, Beyond that, if you want to go into the next level, in my opinion, um, beyond the tactical, using the stuff you already have, but maybe don't know it, right? Um, There are, I think, opportunities for organizations, security teams who are in organizations that already have AI programs, in the business areas to go and try to engage with them uh, and see if there's some way to carve out a, a piece of what they're doing for security, for other uh, you know types of activities. Like you mentioned, insider threat, that's a really interesting area that you can explore using mm-hmm. maybe a, 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 um, the tools and capabilities that your organization already has. Um, and maybe borrowing some time with a data scientist if you have them. Um, otherwise, reaching out to organizations that can help you build this. But I think it's extremely valuable effort um, to, you know, to go to this route, but that assumes that you've already fully lit your entire security tool stack, and you're using every tool to to its most, you know, potential before you try and go to these other things. Uh, but I think there's a lot of value in doing that too.
0: Do you find since um, AI and, and machine learning are, you know, buzzwords and, you know, people's heads tend to turn when you use terms like that, is it? easier to justify tools that have a high degree of AI or machine learning when it comes to getting additional funding from, from the board?
1: So that's a great question. Um, I have, in my opinion, you know, most of these tools that you might buy for security uh, you know, use cases, they already have, like I said, the, the capabilities in them. But there are um, some cases where the vendors might add it as an additional feature or module. I think that's where the fight really should should be should play out. When you approach a vendor and you say, "I want to look at three endpoint solutions, you know, protection solutions, three EDR solutions," um, you should refer to the vendor and say, "I want you to include your machine learning modules in the baseline quote, and that's how I'm going to evaluate you." Um, don't fall for the you know vendors using you know ML capabilities as levers of cost control or price controls to give them the advantage. Like make sure that you tell the vendors it's already going to be included. And, and, and my bottom line, and that's how I'm going to compare you to your competitors. Like that's, right. that's step number one. And also, I would say, you know, for, for justification purposes, just make sure you factor your, you know, cost into your security budget. Um, machine learning should be baseline for security right now. Every tool that we go out and investigate needs to have it. And I, I would just make sure that the board, um, you know, I don't know if the board would ask. You know specifically how you're 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 evaluating your security tools, but mm-hmm. you know if they do, it's, you know, it's just I think it's fair to say that that's this is table stakes now for the cooling right. that we use for the endpoint protection. Now, but if you want to go a step further and you want to build out a, a, an AI or an ML program using internal resources or internal programs that are already doing it for other things within the business, I don't think that you know uh, executive teams would challenge that either, because you're basically trying to cre- create you know, something valuable by using, you know, leveraging a synergy maybe with something else is being done. There there may be some conversations you'll have to have with executive teams or maybe the board and getting additional funding for a data scientist or somebody to do additional AI work outside of the tooling that you have, but I, I don't think that'd be a hard sell. Um, especially if you articulate it in a way that, you know, describes its value to the organization. I think the most, uh, and the the thing that I would, Look for and and really uh, be excited to build. And what we're building now internally is um, a, a data analytics capability to identify our own internal situation awareness. You know, to build our situation awareness improve it. Um, the worst thing that can happen to a security team in an organization is you know configuration drift or technology splintering without you knowing it. Right? If you wake up one morning and there's a completely new environment in your digital in uh, one of your uh, Know, in one of your cloud accounts all of a sudden they got a new dev environment but they made it uh, internet accessible but it doesn't have your security controls or tooling like that's the worst case scenario for a security team and if you have a analytics capability internally that collects all of the configuration information for your environment uh, all the change logs and you know, pro, uh, you know posture assessment uh, you know information coming into that one place and if it can tell you Based on the baseline of your normal environment, do mach- machine learning, your baseline your environment, it can tell you when there's a change, a spike in change occurring. Yeah, that's insanely, for me, valuable for security teams to have that that heads up that hey, my my environment just changed and there might be a problem now as a result. So,
0: right. So you and I are sitting here doing this podcast, comfortable in our offices, but you know we also live in the real world and and what's happening in the real world with Russia and the Ukraine. Cybersecurity is is become a, a a part of this. What what are your thoughts on on AI, as it relates to what's going on with Russia and and really the rest of the world? Because, you know, cyber has become and is becoming front and center at at sort of some of these threats. Is AI a factor?
1: Yes, uh, but my my, I have a, my strong opinion is um, we should. Be partnered and, and trust our, our our security partners to tell us, you know, you know what what is the current state of affairs on in cyberspace from a threat perspective, right? The first and foremost, you, if you have a SOC, make sure that you are, you're confident in your SOC's ability to give you a correct or a good assessment of what's going on in in, in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, you should also be connected with Microsoft, if you're a Microsoft shop or AWS. There's all kinds of threat advisory services You know that might be already part of your existing infrastructure that you can take advantage of to make sure you're getting a big picture. right? Uh, I wouldn't try to focus internal AI efforts on understanding external threat landscape. I would okay. leave that to the partners. Um, I would certainly, though, make sure that, like I said, internally you have a good situation awareness of yourself. You're self-aware and your environment and you know what your posture looks like. In a situation like this, you would not be, I, I think you would not be um, wrong to decide. I want to create a, you know, a worst case scenario, such, you know, configuration for my environment. You mm-hmm. know, if things go, you know, go south externally. If there's a, if there's a broad cyber uh, attack occurring across multiple industries, so for for example, you know, you could take your, your threat, your posture, your your situation awareness, your, you know, you know, and you could decide which parts of my environment are not mission critical. Mm -hmm. right if i have dev developer UAT, QA, test environments that maybe you know aren't really needed maybe we you know shut those down you know if there is an attack occurring on the internet uh, maybe we do reduce our you know footprint of critical critical privileged users down to critical staff only you know you know taking your 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 overall security architecture and configuration and reducing it to critical you know critical mass and make sure that the um you know, the executive teams, everyone agrees that this is what we should look like if we're having a cyber attack. We don't want to shut everything off, but maybe we can shut a few things off and reduce risk. I think that's where you should, you know, focus in times like this, in my opinion.
0: Okay. So I, I guess what I, I'd like to ask for my last question, it's typically a forward-thinking question, Dwayne, and I think it's really interesting with this conversation because I think uh, technology and AI, especially in, in our world of cybersecurity, has, has been evolving at lightning speed. So I guess what are your thoughts at, geez, five years down the road, and where do you see the role of, of AI and machine learning playing in cyber?
1: So I think two things. The, the capabilities of the tools that we use today, we depend on like EDR, for example, endpoint detection response mm-hmm. tools they're going to get better at identifying patterns of behavior that are malicious. Um, and I think that's just going to improve, right? So we become even more confident tomorrow in the, the abilities of these endpoint solutions to prevent threat actors from moving you know, throughout our internal environments, right? Uh, likewise, I think that um, posture assessment tools for cloud environments are gonna get better. We're gonna to to find better integrations between these EDR solutions. We're gonna get EDR-like capabilities in pod environments and like Kubernetes environments, we're going to see the same kinds of you know blocking and tackling in those environments. And we already are kind of seeing that today, as we would on our executive laptops with EDR. So I think that's only going to improve, and the uh, the um, accuracy of these tools and, their, and their, the way they apply countermeasures will only imp- will only get better. Um, so that's that's naturally going to happen, I assume, right? Um, but I also think that organizations are going to probably find use cases internally for ai using like i said internal projects or uh, other things um outside of the tooling to identify things like insider threat or configuration drift right i think those are the two things that organizations are going to find a way to you know to develop internally or there may be vendors out there that can do it right now there are a few vendors that claim you know, cloud posture assessment, for example, is a is a developing area where organizations are, are developing ways to identify changes in our digital environments or AWS uh, and other environments. Um, I think those are going to improve, but I think what we really want is a comprehensive solution that is, doesn't just focus on cloud, but also gives us additional visibility into on-prem infrastructures too. That's going to be a hard thing for a vendor to come in and do fully, right? Right, and cheaply. But I think that's where we should be heading, or we should try to head down the road. You know.
0: Right. Well, Dwayne, you are a wealth of information on this, this topic. This was, this was really great. Um, You know, thanks for taking the time to join us. You know, we appreciate your time, your insight. Uh, You know, as always, I I know our listeners will benefit from, from your perspective on AI and machine learning. It was, uh, it was, it was great to to listen to from my perspective. Uh, So, so pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And, and as always, uh, our listeners can learn more about this episode and other CISO interviews on our website, klogicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, Dwayne. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Was Great. <music>